Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where men talk about stuff men don't talk about. And April is Child Abuse Prevention Month, among other months. Um, it's also Financial Literacy Month. Um, and I think there's a couple of others. Jordan, do you happen to know what they are? I know there's there's different um, ones, but the, the two I'm familiar with are uh, child abuse and financial literacy. Man, you know me. I hang out on the farm. I don't know much about <laughs> here, man. Well, here, I... my overalls. Can't get my overalls cleaned right now, man. That's the problem. So Right. Right. So, um, so what we thought we'd do today is we thought we'd touch base on, um, uh, do an episode rather on child abuse. And it's a, it's a pretty serious topic, obviously. And, um, it ties in a lot with this situation we're in a lot of people on quarantine, that sort of thing. So we just thought we'd take off from there. Yeah, yeah, we did. We we really wanted to kind of jump into this topic, obviously, with it being Child Abuse Awareness Month, uh, and just to kind of speak speak openly about some things um, that kind of go along with uh, just being, you know, obviously being the awareness uh, of, of this as being it being an issue. And I know as we talked uh, uh, probably on other episodes of our podcast, and especially with this COVID nineteen uh, pandemic going on, that. Unfortunately, there's probably a, a probably an increased rate of occurrences right now um, of child abuse. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of kids who are at home and, um, you know, not in good situations right now, wouldn't you say, Chris? Yes, unfortunately. And I, I always, you know, I always think about this when we're home, working from home now, as a teacher, you know, my brain kind of always goes to, well, what are the kids working on? And I think the reality of, you know, what are the kids working on? I think we really need to figure out and, and address too, are the kids safe? Are they okay? You know, and, and I think back to my teaching days, there's a lot of kids that just are not in safe situations. Um, so I think, you know, as a teacher, it's important to think about that and to maybe cut them a little slack on some of the academic stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't think right now we need to be nearly, I know this, hopefully this does not offend any of our educators out there, but uh, you know, right now I don't think we should be as concerned with what, uh, 
you know, did, did I learn the scientific, you know, uh, equation for whatever, you know, it's like, we need to be, we need to be concerned about how are, how are kids doing right now? You know, much, you know, much less the ones going through this crisis, but what about the kids that, you know, that, you know, may not be, you may not know anything specific that's reportable, but you know, there's probably not some good stuff going on at home. Um, you know, think about those kids that are in those situations right now and, and possibly with parents that are, um, abusing substances, you know, who have lost jobs, you know, who are, who are struggling themselves and then, you know, potentially passing that on to their kids. There's a lot of unknown. And, you know, for those in helping positions and, uh, you know, for mandatory reporters, it's, you really don't know right now. It's hard to say, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult situation for a lot, a lot of people. You know, we had five, six million people apply for unemployment benefits. I mean, it, it, there is, this is, this is an unprecedented tough times. Um, there's no question. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to me, it's just the thing of, it begs the question too, of, you know, our, our resources that are out there right now. I mean, obviously we still, you know, we still have active, you know, uh, DCFS and stuff like that is still, still active, but I mean, things are just different with the, you know, the attention is on different things right now. Uh, I know when you mentioned child abuse awareness month, you know, it's like, uh, to be perfectly honest for me, I know I joked about it, but you know, Chris, you're the one that brought that to my attention. I'm a therapist and you're the one that brought that to my attention that it was this month. And it's just because my mind has not been really geared, you know, on, on that at this, at, at this moment, you know? And so, and I'm thinking if, if my mind's been that way, I mean, much less, you know, how, you know, where's other people, you know, thinking about this issue right now and this topic. I think there's just a lot of people that are going through the motions right now and just, they're just not present not mindful. And I have, I, I mean, I'm included in that. I just, there's a lot of times I'm just not with it the way I am generally with it. So yeah. that's, I think the, and a lot of folks, there's a lot of malaise. People are mm-hmm. uncertain and anxiety and, you know, have these huge stresses in their lives. Like we've talked about losing jobs, things like that. They're not, you know, they're a lot of folks are on edge. They're just on edge. Yeah. Yeah. And and fortunately, I think, you know, uh, folks are on edge, you know, and and will be, you know, for quite some time. I know that's one thing we talked about, you know, on other episodes is there's um, it's just a different time right now. Uh, But but the realization, too, with this topic, this has been an issue for a long time. You know, child abuse itself is something that is uh, unfortunately there's there's quite a high number. Um, of cases of child abuse per year um, that go on. And, and I know, um, I know from my experience, you know, I, I did a lot of work in my, uh, my early days as a therapist working with group homes, large group homes in the state of Arkansas. Predominantly, I was working with kids that had been, I mean, the, the entire roster of kids that was at these group homes, I mean, they, they were there because they came from abusive situations. And it's, it's, it's interesting just to kind of, you know, hear their stories and, 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 you know, learn just more about, uh, more about just how the, how the family unit works, you know, how, how the system works, you know, with kids that are in state custody and, and just to see, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the problems that can come from that, a lot of the issues that arise, you know, and, and that, uh, kids, there's a lot of kids out there just in really bad situations. Well, and, you know, we talk about the, uh, the statistics, 
and and you know you mention you mentioned that there's a lot of cases of it you know i have those numbers you know not immediately handy but but the but child abuse and neglect is just it the numbers are staggering actually i just found it so the 2016 uh child maltreatment report indicated about a, a, a about 4.1 million referrals for child abuse um, wow. which were wow. that was about 7.4 million children involved 676,000 were victims of abuse and neglect so they kind of round that down to um, 9.1 victims per thousand children so that's a pretty significant you know that's a lot of kids that's you a know high number that's a high number of kids and so you know what we've talked about here we've t- we talk about all the time is dealing with our stuff doing your work and what child abuse says is there's somebody adult some adult or some person not doing their work that's what this is Ab- you know they're ab- not yep. right absolutely yeah i mean that that's that's the key right there is like you know we to really, you know, and I don't even say to fix the issue of child abuse because I realize that's a big issue there. Uh, but I mean, it, it does. It starts with, you know, the the parents. It start. It's 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 a lot of this generational trauma stuff that gets passed down um, between generations that you see. And what I mean by that is, you know, unfortunately, you will see a lot of cases to where the parents did not have the best of childhoods and they pass that on to their children. And, and that's, that is uh, that's not always the case, obviously. And I'm not trying to generalize that, but I am saying most of the time, the people that are abusers tended to come from abusive households themselves and, you know, had, you know, significant issues, you know, that, that came from that. Um, and so it's, it's a generational problem. It's a, you know, I would hate to use the word epidemic, but I mean, the numbers speak to it. It is. You know, there's a lot of lives affected by abuse and, 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 you know, in all forms of abuse, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse, you know, I'm going to throw neglect in there as well. I mean, you know, it's like there, there's a lot of uh, emotional abuse. I mean, there, there's a lot of just different facets of abuse uh, that can be talked about and, you know, stuff that obviously nobody is ready for, much less a child. Yeah, that's really a good point. And I think, you know, one of the things you bring up there is that it's generational. It it reminds me or made me think of, you know, the phrase, you've heard it, you use it maybe, you know, break the cycle. Yep. Break the cycle of abuse. Well, uh, the, the, re- the fact that there's a cycle suggests that it's been around for a long time and, and people oh, are yeah. trying to do, you know, people are trying to do something about it. But again, you go back to a lot of maybe most folks who abuse their children or abuse somebody else's children, they have been abused themselves. That doesn't mean that person that those who have been abused do act that out again though. Right. So there are people breaking the cycle. There are people who have gone through indescribable abuse situations and have come out on the other side as decent human beings that nurture and care for children um, and don't hurt them. Well, and I, I was going to say, I think about the, that, you know, you know, the idea of kind of paying it forward. I mean, what, what I think would be, would be helpful, you know, in the, in this case is like you're saying, Chris, with breaking the cycle is, you know, for those of our listeners out there who have been in these situations before, um, you know, think about what you needed 
you know, at that time, you know, think, think about what, what that, you know, what that was like and what you didn't have, maybe what in, you know, and obviously try to be that for, for some of these kids that you may work with, you know, some of you may be, may be therapists, some of you may be police officers or, you know, helping professions out there and think of ways that you can, you can use yourself to be helpful with this, with this situation uh, and, and not, not be part of the, part of the problem itself. Well, and the other folks that I'd like to mention too here are, what about those who are, and, and I know we have a number uh, of listeners who are, say, in a treatment facility right now, working through the experiences they've had and possibly, you know, honestly, probably likely the addiction that's come along with or the problems that have come along with trying to stuff that abuse. What do you think of that, Jordan? Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, that it speaks to another avenue of what I've, what I've encountered professionally as well as uh, having worked in residential treatment. Um, you know, that that's often what you are dealing with, you know, is that, you know, addi- addiction does usually does not come from a place of, uh, pleasant memories of life. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of pain behind it. And that's what you learn a lot of times in working with, um, working with people that have struggled with substance use is like, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of abuse. There's a lot of neglect behind that. A lot of pain that's back there that uh, has been being numb for a long time. And no, I would just, I would encourage any of our, you know, if there, if there's anybody listening that's in that situation right now is, you know, it's the encouragement that we give, as you mentioned earlier, uh, of do the work, do the work because it will pay off in the long run. It'll pay off in the short run, you know, to, to be free of some of that, you know, as you go, but you, you got to do it to be able to break that pattern. You know, you, you, you have to, or the pattern's going to continue. Well, it's the saying we've used before on here. Nothing is stuffed. You know, it, right. it's going to come out. It's coming out sideways. If, if not directly, it's coming out some way. And until you do what's required to make it, to make it come to light, uh, nothing changes, right? Nothing changes if nothing changes. That's, and that's, that's the best way to say it right there. Nothing changes if nothing changes. That's absolutely the case. You know, there has to be some change that goes on and it, you know, like you said, Chris, I mean, stuff's going to come out one way or another, um, you know, rather it come out in as healthy a way as it possibly can. Um, but you know, like I said, unfortunately, yes, there are a lot of, a lot of folks dealing with, uh, issues that stem from childhood, uh, who are, you know, in various capacities of life, but, you know, especially at our treatment centers, no doubt. Well, and I wonder too, you know, you mentioned that about the system and how you enjoyed hearing kids stories and things like that. And, you know, I don't know much about the system. Um, from what I do know, there's a lot of problems with it. Um, let's be honest, you know, the numbers, I think bear that out. I think the number of kids that end up going right back into situations, right back to the abuser happens a lot. I don't know how you would fix that necessarily, but I do think there's a lot of a lot of that kind of thing going on, and you know it would be nice if we could if we could change that. Yeah, and I agree, Chris. And to clarify something earlier too, I, d- I don't want people thinking I'm enjoying listening to stories of pain and things like that. I mean, it, I, what I enjoy listening to is ki- is kids being able to to share their story 
but a lot of those stories are very painful. And it, it's, you know, one of the things that I learned pretty quickly, uh, especially working in the children's homes, you know, is that you're correct. The system is not great. And that's not, that's not a knock on those that work in the system right now. I think a lot of them would say this as well. In all honesty, it's just, it's such a problem that we don't have a good answer to it. You know, there are, unfortunately, there are a lot of homes out there, foster homes that, that have also been abusive (laughs) over time to kids. And, you know, I know, I know that's not something that, you know, we probably want to talk about a lot, but that that's truth. You know, I've heard of situations, you know, where kids have been in six or seven different foster homes and, and guys, that's not, that's not healthy either. You don't want the solution to be worse than the problem sometimes. And so there's, there's just a lot when talking about this topic that, that comes to mind for me and, and just hearing those stories of those kids of, you know, we, we've got to, we've got to try to figure out a way uh, to make it better. You know, I, I know and again, I'm terrible with giving the numbers, but I, I can tell you, I saw as recent as, I don't know, maybe six months ago, uh, an issue where, you know, at least here in the state of Arkansas, we had way more kids that needed placements than what we have placements for. Um, so a lot of kids wind up in shelters. They wind up in these these emergency homes type things that aren't even really, you know, it's not, you know, it's just not the best solution would be my answer there. Um so, well, one of the things I'd like to to bring up with that, uh, Jordan, is we're running short on placements on on homes for kids. And let me ask you this: how how big do you think the number is of underreporting? So we're already, you know what I mean. So for every, yeah, for every hundred cases reported, how many aren't? Yeah. I mean, you bring up a, a great point because that's, it's huge. Uh, we know from the stats themselves. I mean, I, I can't remember what is it one in, I can't remember how many boys is it one in one in five that's reported. I can't remember off the time I am for sexual. Abuse. Well, yeah, I don't know about reported. I've heard one in six. Okay. One in six. have experienced it. I don't know what, right. wh- I don't know how, what's, how many that uh, uh, report it though. That's, well, that's a different number. Right. And that, well, that's what you and I have talked about. And I know others have as well, the underreporting. I mean, there, there is such a thing here of this. I mean, we cannot be, we cannot believe that, <laughs> that every kid's going to come forward and report. They just don't, they just they don't. don't. And so, um, I mean, think about this guys and you, and you might've been one of them listening to us right now. I mean, some people, it takes years. I mean, it takes them until you're, you're well into adulthood to ever divulge of you. I can't count the number of clients I work with now where that's the case to where it's just coming out and they're 52 years old, you know? So, and, and you know, Jordan, the, the thing I'd like to mention there too is how many or ask, I guess, how many of those students uh, or of those clients, not students have gone through the absolute ringer in addiction to yeah. get to that point. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm sure it's a lot for you. Yep. I'm sure a lot of you hear that a lot. Well, we talk about we talk about in our field, man, that you know, there's it it's almost hard to avoid these three things when abuse has been a part of your story. Uh guilt, shame, and a major fear of rejection are usually three components that at least one of those is there, if not all three. And so okay. when those things are present, addiction's going to be present, ways of numbing, ways of, of trying to numb out and numb that stuff. Who wants to feel that? Nobody. 
Uh, so in, it definitely agree with what you just said. I mean, it's just people usually have been through the ringer trying to find a way to survive and cope. You know, it's just, unfortunately, some of the ways we cope are not the healthiest in the world. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I think we've kind of touched on a subject here that I think, unfortunately, we're going to see more of as the COVID virus passes and, and things like that. I think we're going to have Unfortunately, there's going to be more of this coming out. I, there's going to be a collective um, collective change of psyche, I think. And I, a, a lot of that, the, a lot of the way people cope is not healthy and kids are, are harmed by it. So, but, you know, we can stay in tune, try to keep in touch and keep, keep thinking of those kids and trying to help them. And for you, help them as they work through these processes later on in life. Well, and two, I think just a shout out as well to all of those that are working in that field. I mean, I, I can't, you know, I can't say enough about some of the house parents I've met over the years and, and you know, people that work in the field that truly do care and are truly trying to do what they can to prevent and to, and to assist during and so and, and, and after. So just, just a shout out to all the workers that are they're trying to do the best they can of taking care of kids that have been in these situations. Yeah, it's a unbelievably challenging job, I'm sure. So, well, uh, that's all the time we have here for this episode. We will be back again soon and stay well, stay healthy, everybody. And uh, we'd appreciate you liking us on our social media as well as uh, write a review on your podcast source. We'd appreciate that as well and pass it along to somebody you know, go through our list of episodes and find one that fits somebody in your life that you think could listen to it and benefit and send them a link. We'd really appreciate that. Yeah, please get out there and share it with your family members, share it with people. Uh, we, we'd greatly appreciate that. All right, we'll talk next time. All right, have a good one, guys. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC, for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.